Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Now, each week, we have the great opportunity to interview our members and other friends of the ministry as we tell you the stories of Harvest Baptist Church. We'd like to invite you to join us this weekend as we'll begin our Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. with adult Bible fellowships and children's programs. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 a.m. and will be in Acts 4, 31 through 37, Mega Church, when the church is great. Perhaps we'll get a little explanation on that as we start this morning, but let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Off a day, Chris. Yeah, uh, we're going to come back to our Acts text this week in uh, Acts chapter 4. We've been doing a series through the early chapters of the book of Acts that we're calling Pursuing Our Mission. It goes along with our theme for the year here at Harvest. The end of Acts chapter 4 is an interesting section that's summarizing the story that we've been talking about really for a couple of chapters. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you use the word in the title mega church. That's a term that's been used, I don't know, for 20 years or so uh, about, typically it's describing just a really big church, lots of ministries going on. Um, and for sure, the Acts church that we're seeing in Jerusalem was a big church. I mean, we talked about the last few weeks, there were upwards of maybe 10,000 people that were attending this church. Um, so maybe in that definition, we could call it mega church, but we're talking about it this week, actually, for a different reason. In uh, Acts 4.33, which is the heart of the text that we're going to be looking at on Sunday, it describes the Jerusalem church in this way. It says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Uh, some of you may know that have a little bit of uh, background or language background, but that great word that we see in our New Testament in the Greek, it's the mega word. All right, so that's why we're calling this the mega church. Um, not because of its size, although it was large, but, but because it was a great church and they had uh, great power and great grace. So mega church, but really the definition of is when the church was great. And this text has some awesome examples of what it looks like to be a church that has God's power and is filled with God's grace. I can't wait to dig into it with our church family on Sunday. So maybe a church and a church family could have the desire to be a mega church, but maybe not in the way people think, but exactly. to be a great church. To be a great church, not for our glory at all, not ever for our glory, but yeah. we want to uh, you know, we'd like to be great in this way, the way that God describes it and the way that God defines it. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting as we look through that this Sunday. Well, we're joined in the studio today uh, by somebody I'm excited to uh, introduce to our listening family. Derevin Perez is with us. Derevin, glad that you're with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, Derevin's been a part of Harvest for some time. I'll have him share his story in just a minute. He's actually home right now on break from Bible college. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, Derevin, why don't we back up and tell me a little bit about your background, your, your story. Um, we'll lead that into, you know, what God's doing in your life. Yeah, so I grew up on the island of Guam, and I went to Harvest my whole life. And I was always a part of the gospel each and every day. But back then, 
when I was growing up, I didn't want anything to do with God. And I wanted to live a life for myself. And eventually living that lifestyle caused me to grow farther away from God, eventually to the point where it led me to becoming an atheist in 10th grade. And that was like the lowest point of my life. And I sought popularity, I sought friends, I sought the things of the world. And in 10th grade, I had all those things. Durbin, what do you mean by becoming an atheist? It means you just sort of really were questioning God. You weren't sure that you even believed in God. Is that right? No, I, I actually didn't believe in God at all. Okay, yeah. That was a point where I totally denied his existence, and I didn't want anything to do with him. What were the kinds of questions that you were asking that brought you to that point? So I remember my mom. She was a believer during that time, and she still is. <laughs> but <laughs> but she was a believer and she was facing a lot of trials at her work and just being around Harvest and knowing that as a Christian in my mind I had a misconception that as you're a Christian good things happen right, yeah. to those who believe in God mm -hmm. and when she was facing difficulties I would question God's goodness and that would fuel my my reasoning for why I shouldn't believe in him because if that's the way he treats his children, why mm. should I give in? Why should I follow him? Yeah, it's a great question I, for anybody, actually. I mean, it's very legitimate, I think probably especially for a guy, you know, going through those years of 10th grade yeah. um, to ask that question. If, if this is what being a Christian is, you know, or why would I believe in a God who treats his children like that? So, yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. And then from that transition point from 10th grade to my junior year, God placed me through certain circumstances that really opened my eyes. And the main one was with my friend group. And back then I was popular. And <laughs> <laughs> and the the friends that I had in the popular group were transferring to a different school and they actually asked me to come to that school with them and I didn't. I didn't go because my mom wanted me to stay at Harvest and I'm so thankful that I was able to stay here because if that didn't happen, God wouldn't have done the things that he's doing in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And from that point, I was in a state of shock because they started to treat me differently and at that point, when you live your life for those things, the things of the world, and when they turn on you, it left me in a state of shock because I was experiencing that. And my life was just empty and hopeless. But thankfully, it didn't end there. Mm -hmm. And in 11th grade, God sent a pastor here to Harvest, and his name is Mark Kittrell. And he spoke a message on how the people around you will change the way they treat you. And when he said those words, it was so relatable to me mm. because I was going through that exact same, same, same experience. Yeah, exactly. And it was really relatable. And that opened my eyes. And the next phrase he said, but there is a God in heaven who never will. And that just, that truly captured my heart. But of course, after living a life so long for yourself. I didn't want to give in yet. I wasn't ready. 
And it wasn't until the next week when he spoke a message that God really took hold of my heart. And that was when he said at any given moment, your life could end like that and God could say your time is up. And I remember being in the, the auditorium and just thinking to myself, wow, you know, my life could be up and the choices that I make here on this earth are going to decide where I'm going to spend the rest of, of my eternity. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the Holy Spirit was truly convicting me. And this was the first time that I can on, honestly acknowledge that I was a sinner before God. And I could see myself the way God saw me at that point. And that was a lost child, a sinner, and someone in need of a savior. I just remember becoming so overcome with fear and and just uncertainty about my future. And I, I remember walking out of the auditorium and being so overcome with guilt and and just a feeling of conviction that I, I pray to God. I said, Lord, forgive me. I am sorry for my sins and I repent and I surrender everything to you. Mm. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do. And my life is yours. And I remember walking out and when I said those words, all the pain, all the guilt, and just the weight of my sin was lifted off. And from then on, I could say that I was honestly happy. I was full of joy and I had a genuine love and that was because God loved me first and he showed his love to me. And on November 9th, 2016, I was saved. Amen. And God has been doing a work in my heart since then. And that was just, uh, you know, that salvation prayer that you kind of described. That was just by yourself, right? You yeah. were walking out. You weren't talking with anybody else. But you knew that God was calling you to full, complete surrender to the yeah. forgiveness, receive the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome story of God's goodness. Um, I was tracking along with, as you were talking through this, you know, you describe in 10th grade this question about why would God, you know, treat his children in this way? What kind of God would do that? So um, what kinds of things change for you as you realize God's love for you? I mean, did you start to come to the place where you saw, you know, God does that kind of stuff? What, I mean, did it, when you became a Christian, did everything go easy from you for you from then on or what? Oh, no. <laughs> Things did not get easier. But now, with now having Christ as my Savior, things were able to be overcome. Mm-hmm. The difficult things were able to be faced now. And I had a hope that I didn't have before. And I had someone to look to in my despair, in my trials, that could lift me up from where I was and would never leave me nor forsake me. And although it's been difficult, I am so thankful for everything that God has placed me through, the difficult times, the good times, the times of tears and the times of laughing, because Without him, there is no purpose in life. And he just truly transforms you. And I'm so thankful for everything that he's put me through. So the promise of God is not that he would remove all difficult 
steps from the path of his children. His promise, though, is that he would be with us, right? Yeah. He would walk with us through whatever uh, our journey would be, and that's an incredible, uh, incredible gift and incredible hope for the Christian. I think about that a lot. Uh, you know, I talk with a lot of people that are going through difficult times. Some of them are believers, some of them are not. Um, and life can be difficult uh, in everybody's life, in everybody's situation. We're going to go through times that are challenging. And I'm constantly processing this idea of those that are trying to go through life without God, um, trying to navigate the decisions that they have to make and the struggles that they're trying to process and they're trying to do it on their own without any real meaning so so we end up going through trials but there's no purpose behind it It, it's just this emptiness uh for those that are not believers and to know that there is a reason and god according to romans chapter 8 is going to use these things for his good in our lives in the in the beautiful you know uh, tapestry of what he's trying to make of our lives. It brings a whole new perspective to life, and I'm thankful for your testimony of being able of the promise that God would be with you. It's an awesome story. Yeah. So um, you were a junior then when you when you gave your life to Christ, you mm-hmm. surrendered to Him, received His forgiveness, um, and then uh, you you graduated from uh, from Harvest Christian Academy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and uh, set off for college. Tell me about. You know, how did you decide where you're going to go to school? What was God doing in your life during that season that helped, you know, kind of chart your path to where you're at right now? You're a, you're finishing your sophomore, middle of your sophomore year at yeah, school right now, right? Year. Okay, so tell me about after your salvation through, you know, your decision to go to school. What was God doing? So actually, I was a football player, and with God's blessing, I was able to get offers to play college football. But now that I was a a believer, I wanted to receive a college education that had Christian standards that would allow me to grow as a new believer and that would prepare me for a lifelong pursuit of learning, loving, and leading. (laughs) And (laughs) what better place to, to do that than at Bob Jones? And although like the processing wasn't or the decision making wasn't easy because I I looked at a lot of colleges all over the states that were Christian. I just know that as as my family and I prayed for God to direct me, Bob Jones was the door that God opened. And I'm so thankful that he opened that door because through my time there, he has grown me spiritually in ways that I could not have ever imagined if I were to go somewhere else. So I'm so thankful for him leading me there. And, uh, you know, you talked, we've talked before about some of the things that God's doing in your life. You're not certain for sure of what the future looks like, but I know that God's given you some burdens in a couple different areas. Tell me about those. So I remember when I got saved, God placed a burden into my heart to go into full-time ministry and that that passion fueled me and it was something that didn't ever go away until I attended college and I started to let fear get in and then I started to question what am I supposed to be doing and I didn't I didn't know and as a result like I changed my major from Bible and I went into biblical counseling and pre-physical therapy 
which are both really good majors. For, physical, for biblical counseling, I chose that because my first two semesters at Bob Jones, I took counseling classes and I really grew spiritually. I was able to see scripture in the light where the problems that people go through, the problems that we all face, we have Christ to look to in those times. And I really love that aspect. I really wanted to use that instrument in order to, to show people Christ in their situations, in their difficult times, and through the, the trials that they face, pointing them always to Jesus. And then for physical therapy, I've always been a part of athletics. I've always loved being able to help people. And I'm, I was really excited to just be in that atmosphere, helping people recover, helping them along their journey of rehabilitation, and also being that encouragement. And the reason why I chose to double major is because when a physical therapist works with his clients, most of them are in despair. They're sad and they're hopeless. And they ultimately don't know what the future will hold for them because in their current state, they are disabled. They're not able to function as they, they were able to previously. And combining physical therapy and biblical counseling together, I just feel that God could really use those two things to open a door to sharing the gospel with people who don't know him, to people who are searching, yet they don't have the answers. They, they, they can't see the, the hope in the midst of the storm. And I just am so excited to see how God is going to use my time at Bob Jones going through these two majors and realizing how he is going to use them to advance his kingdom in the future. And it's, it's honestly like a really really exciting thing yeah. to think about, you know? Well, I think it's awesome the journey that God's bringing you through. Um, and uh, you and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I, uh, I think that God's still in the process of clarifying for you uh, what he has for you. And I love the fact that you've just said to me, you know, a number of different times that you just want to follow God, whatever he wants you to do. And I think that God as you take one step after the other, that God's going to make that really clear about uh, his plan. You told me earlier, um, maybe I, tell me what this means to you. You just said you know that God wants you to serve him with your life. What does that mean to you? So that question of God wanting me to serve him with my life, I just, for me personally, the fact that that God gave everything for me on the cross. I, I still think about this because this is the question that I thought about when I got saved. Like, what, what should I be doing with my life? And the fact that, that God gave everything for me on the cross when he died, that, that allowed me to think, then what should I be doing for him? I want to give my all. And whatever that means, whatever that looks like, as long as I'm giving my all for Christ, for advancing his kingdom, for doing his will, that's following him each and every day. That's leading others to Christ. 
that's making sure that people can see Jesus in me by living a life that's worthy of the gospel. As long as I'm doing those things and trusting in him, letting him direct my path, giving everything of myself for the cause of Christ. To me, serving him with my life, that's what that means to me. And as long as I'm being faithful, as long as I'm putting him first, he's going to direct my paths and he's going to, he's going to guide me. Yeah. I trust him. Yeah. Proverbs three, five and six, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. And here's God's promise. He will direct your path. It's a very specific, he will give direction to the, to the places that your feet are going to land. So uh, I know that God's going to do that in your life, Derevin, as you, as you seek him. Well, I know for you, you, you know, right now you're involved in some specific things. Tell me about the kinds of things just that you're involved in in your church ministry. So I'm involved in ushering, or not ushering, but greeting. And I eventually plan to become involved in ushering. And then also next semester, I plan to become part of the choir. But the one thing that I'm really excited about is being part of the Juvenile Detention Center, which is an outreach where our church, we get to go to the local detention center in Greenville, and we get to minister to the local youth who are going through a difficult time being put in a situation that they either place themselves in or were put in without them doing anything to deserve that. And just being able to point them to Christ and teach them lessons about God and his goodness and his love for them to just have a source of, of hope for them in their time of difficulty. That's really exciting. And, and then also for a church, just being a willing volunteer to set up. and just, Yeah, you're talking about some of yeah, those yeah. things, you know, just little things. You're setting up chairs, and I know that your church is in transition in some buildings. And so, yeah, yeah all those pieces are part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know that uh, your church also has some mentorship. You're talking about trying to be involved with that. So I love all of these things, Darvin. They're part of God's work in your life, part of the training and equipping that he's using his church to do in your life. And so we're thankful for that. Glad that you've been home and uh, had a chance to come back home to the Harvest family. We're proud of you. Uh, So thankful each Christmas when we have so many college students that are coming home and uh, we're excited about what God's doing in their life. We're praying for you. I want you to know that. And uh, yeah, we look forward to what God does in your life in the months and the years to come. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. As always, at this point in the program, we want to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We have some adult Bible fellowships just starting up with new adult Bible fellowships this Sunday, children's programs as well, and then, of course, during our Sunday morning worship service, 10.30 a.m. will be in Acts 4, 31 through 37, mega church when the church is great you can stop by our welcome center which is in front of the auditorium for directions to your class and if you need more info hbcguam.org hbcguam.org thanks again for listening to harvest time